0: Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. Welcome to the program. Tonight, we have a very exciting and action-packed program for you. Uh, We go back to the realm of television entertainment. We're going to talk two of the most popular streaming shows on television today. Uh, Cobra Kai, the uh, Karate Kid reboot which is wildly popular, and The Boys, uh, available on Amazon Prime, a reimagining of superheroes and an incredibly inventive and uh, shocking uh, comedy, drama, social commentary, all in one. Yep, uh, two definitely great,
1: shocking.
0: Yeah, two great shows. We'll talk through them tonight. Um, and uh,
1: if you haven't watched them, spoilers will abound. So, That's
0: true. That's true. So we'll try and do our best, but uh, uh, only fans who have watched or are totally caught up should uh, should um, should tune in. Um, before we get into these shows, we're going to do our podcast recaps. Um, we'll start with our uh, weekly. Uh, uh, re-examination of Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time, where each week Len and I will take an album off of the uh, list that we've never heard before and we will uh, review it for you. And Len always beats me on this. You know, I listen to one, I think I'm doing really well. And uh, and then uh, (laughs) Len, you know, quadruples my uh, listening out how many did you listen to this week i listened to one you listen- <laughs> one new album i listened to it a lot you know because i'm trying to uh you know gain an opinion yeah all right you want to start with yours yeah i'll start with mine uh i so my album that i had uh that i had never heard before was uh rufus and shaka khan the 1977 album called ask rufus yeah
1: were any hits on it are any hits
0: on it um there's um there's uh, that uh, everlasting love is on there mm-hmm. and uh, better days um and uh, the album was very popular it went platinum yeah and uh i mean i'm a fan of uh, of uh, rufus and uh, featuring shaka khan um and uh um, so i thought this album was really good i've only uh i haven't listened to like an actual album of theirs i'm only familiar with their singles their hits um but uh they're, they're good. They're, they're unusual. They're an unusual band. They have unusual arrangements, um, new, unusual time signatures. And Shaka Khan's got a great voice and um, uh, I, I really dug it. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that one. That one will be on my list. Yeah. It was uh, highly recommended. That's yeah. it. I'm done. I got <laughs> Under- Under- receiver. Yeah. So I have four
1: first one was The Chronic, Dr. Dre. Mm -hmm. Didn't like it because of, I can't stand Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Snoop Dogg's voice is grating to me. Yeah. So that's a not listened to again. I mean, I get, I get, I mean, Dr. Dre's like, the music and everything's good, but I can't listen to Snoop Dogg,
0: sorry. Snoop Dogg lovers, but he's not for me. Snoop is uh, Snoop is uh, very uh, very sad to hear your, uh, your yeah. Your I'm sure you. when he's
1: taking his bath full of money today, he will he'll be crying a little bit. Did you like
0: the song "Nothing But a G Thing"? Yeah, that song I do like. I do like that song. I like That's it. not on this album, though. Nothing but a G thing. Yeah, it is.
1: No, it isn't. You sure? Positive. Okay, maybe I maybe maybe uh wait a second. I'm almost positive. All right, while I'm looking this up, I'll go on to my next album. All right. Um, Illmatic by (laughs) Nas. This. (laughs) Why
0: are you laughing? (laughs) I think it's pronounced Nas. Is it? Uh, What do I I know? know? We are the worst hip hop listeners in the history of music. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So I do like nothing but a G. Thanks. Okay. So I
1: did like that song, but too much Snoop Dogg for me. Oh, it does have your anthem on it, too. The Chronic is yes. your favorite song. Bitches Ain't Shit. Your
0: anthem. I've heard you sing that many times. <laughs> I've known at uh, the Starbucks and, ca- <laughs> and karaoke course. And then yes, the cur- get beef up there to lay out bitches ain't shit. <laughs> they love me up at uh, Norwood Parks karaoke corner. Uh, <laughs> bitches ain't shit. Yeah.
1: So um, post pandemic, let's hope beef can get out there and control <laughs> everyone with his version of that. <laughs> it's requested all the time. That's I mean, a, a favorite. So, uh, Illmatic, I was enjoying it. Yeah. I really was. But one of the songs I really like it. And then all of a sudden he
0: says a homophobic slur
1: and it just kind of takes you out of it.
0: Yeah. A lot of these uh, um, 90s hip hop albums are.
1: But, you know, I, the rest of it's pretty good. Uh, I was just, you know, you're kind of like, man, that's jarring when you're listening to it. Right. But out of the four I listened to, this was the one I liked the most.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty good, except for that. I have not heard. I, I've got to get that's that's one of my to listen.
1: Yeah. And then the next one, I'm going to ask you this because you're a big Elvis fan, and I don't even, I won't even say I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but I'm more curious. Why do you think the Sun session? was included in the top 500 because you know elvis better than i do i like some elvis but i'm not as big a fan as you are
0: yeah
1: isn't there some history behind that
0: no there is i mean that's oh god i could do a whole podcast on this i'm trying to think the succinct way of saying it in that those singles are widely credited with really popularizing rock music. Um, Those those are the singles that he recorded in Memphis at the Sun uh, Recording Studios. They were all very popular regional hits. And he was touring um, on the strength of those and was unbelievably popular, caught the attention of Colonel Parker and RCA, a, a major record label. They signed him away from Sun, and um, his first single was heartbreak hotel and the rest is history. But those singles are gen are generally credited as because they were, they they were so popular as kind of the first um, big bang. And a lot of people would argue this point. It's kind of a flashpoint because you know, others say, well, others did it first and that's true. But um, the, they were, the, it was the popularity of those, that, those collections of songs. He didn't put them on any albums, so they were, were just released as singles. And then this uh, uh, record company just packaged them all together and released Yeah, um, okay, so that makes sense. That's why it's
1: on there, because I, I, I thought it might be that, but I, like, I know a little bit about Elvis, but I didn't know enough about it. But to me, I mean, if I was going to put an Elvis thing in the top 500, I would put one of his collections with my favorite Elvis songs on it. I mean, I, I didn't mind it, but I was just kind of, uh, but now that you've told me that, I get why it's in the top 500.
0: I also, yeah. if you if really, I mean, I'm a total nerd. One more thing I'll say on this subject is that if you listen, if, if anyone cares to listen to uh, artists like Hank Williams and uh, Bill Monroe and Popular country artists of say the '40s, and then R&B um, uh, artists like uh, Ike Turner and um, uh, Big Mama Thornton, uh, just to name a few. You can real if you listen to those first, leading up to Elvis's singles, you can really hear the difference, um, especially in the country songs. You know, they kind of put you to sleep, and Elvis's Sun singles sound much more uh, fresh and inventive and like, oh my God. Um, so that's uh, especially that Blue Moon of Kentucky. Um, I think that's on there. Um, if you compare that to the original, it's it's night and day. Yeah. All right, that's awesome.
1: Wake up, Len. Wake up. No, no, no. I, I, I was interested in what you had to say about this one because I had a feeling you would know why. Yeah, I liked it. I, like I went to the right person. Yeah. Uh, Laura just let me know that Ben folds. I think I knew this. Ben folds does a version of "Bitches Ain't Shit." Really? So, so you have some competition. <laughs> maybe that, you guys. Maybe you yeah. guys could do do it in. Uh, maybe when he comes to Chicago, <laughs> send him a text and go, Ben, <laughs> let's duel on stage. Let's have a "Bitches Ain't Shit"
0: off. And you know Ben doesn't talk to me since I threw up in his Ferrari. Uh, in <laughs> gotta my, in you
1: gotta stop doing
0: that. You got know, Ben Ben needs to observe the speed limits. Drive <laughs> <laughs> like a maniac. Uh, but I'll text. Him. I will text him. I'll, I'll I'll propose a reunion.
1: Okay, and then my final okay. one, which you'll be upset about, <laughs> is uh, love supreme.
0: <laughs> I'm proud of you, Len. Very proud. You. Good job.
1: Do not like it. Uh, you know what? I much prefer I much prefer Fedora Jasmine's classic interludes at midnight. If I'm going to listen to jazz, I'm putting on the Fedora Jazz Man. But I know there's I know there's a jazz album out there that I liked. I I, can't, I remember. I think we talked about it on the Northwestern one. It might be one of the Miles Davis ones. So there will be at some point a jazz album that I like. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I, You know what? I really need to revisit Fedora Jazzman's interludes at mid.
1: <laughs> uh, yes,
0: uh, that's been a while since I've listened.
1: Uh, I'm hoping when we get our, our merchandise shop finally opened, we can sell that on vinyl along with all the uh, t shirts and headbands,
0: fedoras. Oh,
1: so I hope our marketing team is
0: working on that. I think they are. You know, uh, you reminded me too, that my punk trio uh, did a version um, of the Fedora Jasmine album uh, and we, we called it Ludes at Midnight. And, yeah. uh, but we didn't release it. Couldn't find a, um, couldn't find a label. Just didn't, yeah, that
1: was, a, I think it was a catastrophic flop if I remember correctly. <laughs>
0: You know, it's, I, I think it's just because it was ahead of its time. And, yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, maybe we'll re-release it. Lude Midnight. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, if I could get just getting back to the uh, Love Supreme briefly. that is uh, I mean, that is like that's a hard album to start with on because that's way out there. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot more commercial albums. Uh, of Coltrane's, don't. I'm just saying, don't give up on the Coltrane. Uh, a Love Supreme is actually.
1: I was listening to it in the car, and, and the cops pulled me over, and I got arrested for driving while indifferent.
0: Desmond Taylor is faxing me like crazy right now. I mean, the faxes from Des are just coming fast and furious. Uh, thumbs down on a Love Supreme from Lenfoot. Uh, there, there are so many pointed headed jazz critics right now that are just sharpening their brass knuckles <laughs> well, out-
1: gotta be honest just like I said gotta be honest
0: I love it I love it yep all right well I, this tune in next uh, week when we'll uh, tackle more maybe I'll listen to two rolling st- albums off the Rolling Stone
1: all right we'll see
0: are you joining <laughs> oh, <you> me? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Uh, Nothing can touch me now. I'm in such a good mood. Let's get to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Start with your joy. I'm so fucking happy. I'm just, that was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, they, the Browns, they didn't just beat the Titans. Well, they fell asleep at uh, at the wheel in the second half. But that first half, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, was, they do- I- they
1: they dominated a playoff team in the first half. So Unbelievable.
0: pretty Unbelievable.
1: impressive. And I are they like? Do they just have to get one win and they're in now? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because I saw last night their percentage was like ninety nine percent to get in the playoffs. Now, so they're pretty much in then.
0: Yeah, you figured that ten and six would. 11 and 5 for sure and 10 and 6 90 it's a 99% chance. So yeah. I think if they won the 10th game even if they lost to the Ravens they've got the Jets um the giant the giants who are suddenly really hot. Mm-hmm. And then uh Pittsburgh who lost to Washington football team tonight or today.
1: Yes, and that made me happy. Yes. Because we're going to finally lift the ban of talking about my second favorite NFL team, the Chiefs. Yes. And the Chiefs actually didn't look too good last night. They won, but right. they're a little shaky. But they won, and now I I think they have the same record as the Steelers now. I think they've played the same amount of games. I think they're both 11-1. and one. Exactly. So a that Chief, was
0: good news today that the Steelers a, lost. A Chiefs-Steelers-AFC uh, uh, championship would be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, me against my uh, friend John Kuchai, big Steelers fan. So
0: is he from Pittsburgh or something?
1: No, he's just that's always been it. His that's been his number two team for a long time. I don't know the exact reasons why, but it hasn't. It's not like he just started liking the Steelers. He's he's liked them forever.
0: So he was kidnapped by a bunch of thugs and taken <laughs> brainwashed. Jack Lambert threw him into a van,
1: and (laughs) that's what started it. Guard for life. I feel bad. Yeah, Uh. but uh, you know what? On the other side of the coin, so we talked about this last week with the Bears. Yeah, I said if they lose, fire everybody. And what's hilarious is after the game, Oaken wrote, "Fire everyone." And I wrote it like two seconds later, not realizing he had already written that. And then I get the I get the paper today, headline fire everyone. <laughs> that was upsetting. I, I, I was glad I was watching it by myself because I pretty much used every swear word possible in a five minute span.
0: The the defense collapse was the most shocking.
1: Yeah, they you pin them back to the four yard line, and you let them just march down the field. And they, and some of that's that's on Pagano, I think, because that touchdown they got, it was like they didn't know what they were doing. The defensive backs, it was like Johnson and I think uh, Gibson. They kind of looked at each other like, "Oh, I thought you were covering that guy." Never. And then to run run on third and four, what? The play-calling remains. Oh, my gosh. Everything about that was terrible. Robinson stepping out of bounds. Oh, um, oh. When you need one yard, honestly, on fourth and one with 16 seconds left, I wouldn't even ran. I would have thrown a pass because you still got to get a touchdown. Yeah. So everything that happened after that punt pinned them to the four-yard line was was awful. It was just an awful –
0: one of the worst three minutes in Bears history, I think. You so, wonder if Nagy, like it seemed like he's kind of lost the team a little bit. Uh, even I though, don't know what
1: I don't know what happened to the defense. They, I mean, they had Hicks back because you thought maybe the week before, maybe not having Hicks kind of hurt a little bit. Plus, the Packers are really good, yep. but th- there's no excuses for that this week. That the was, Lions had lost their last four games by like double digits. And their best receiver's been out. Their best receiver's been out. So these, you know, average receivers were roasting us at the end of the game. Unbelievable. Their tight end, we, well, he's a pretty decent tight end, but we couldn't cover him either. It was just, just bad, just a really bad loss
0: so it we'll see what happens doesn't look good for Nagy I mean he'd have to win <clears throat> the Bears would have to win the rest of their games and convincingly for him to keep his job you feel like yeah that's not going to happen no
1: I don't even know if they're going to win anymore the way they, they're playing they might just lose them all
0: what a shocking turnaround they were five and one at one point
1: yeah but I thought it was going to go like that though I thought they're going to win a lot and then lose a bunch but I did not think they're going to keep losing Right. just good just how the schedule is mapped out, but yeah, I did not. They should have lost to the Lions both games this year. They got lucky the first game they played. Guess,
0: they not. really did. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, uh, <clears throat> you would have thought that they would have uh, um, had uh, found found a way to beat the Lions. I I thought, well, they'll w- they'll win this game. They'll be six and six, and then anything can happen. Yeah, yeah
1: and they blew um, they blew really good games from Mitch and Montgomery looked really good and uh, Patterson had a nice game and they just
0: that all got flushed on the toilet so it's it's done well you know let's uh, let's end uh, football I'm getting a lot of grief <clears throat> from my Cleveland friends because I continually bash the Browns kicker named Cody Parkey <laughs> Did you tell him you live in Chicago, so you've witnessed his horrors? You're right. They're like, "What's so bad?" Parky's great. I'm like, "No, he's not great." He has
1: traumatized all of your Chicago friends. Tell them. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still mad about that.
0: <laughs> I was like, one if of the that, things I'm going to remember to ask uh, my uh, podcast, the ultimate Bears fan, about Cody Parky. You can't bring him up, and they Bears fans they stop. Start dropping f bombs. That and the worst thing about it was
1: he would already done that. He'd already awesome. hit the crossbar a bunch of times, or the goalposts. Yeah. So yeah. everybody watching that game was like, "This is going to happen again," and it did. It did. It was like a it was
0: like a horror movie. Like you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they were like, remember they made him practice field goals at Soldier Field on like a Thursday night. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but he had a bad attitude about that. He didn't want to do anything to help right. his kicking
1: be better. That's another reason why we all hate him. Right. So
0: you guys enjoy him. He's been great. I'm taking a ton of uh, grief. When the, when the Browns signed Parky, I was like, no, no. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm the butt of jokes. Yeah, well, they weren't traumatized. That's why. That's right. Oh, I'm hoping uh, I, we, oh, we like to do predictions before each game. And I, now I like to predict, I, I do it with my brother and my dad and um, my brother's friends, my brother-in-law. And uh, I've had a lot of, I've been having a lot of fun with them lately, where I predict that the Browns will lose on a Cody Parkey missed field goal. <laughs> I kind of want it to happen so that they'll cut him. Before the playoffs start, oh God! Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hopefully by naming it, it won't happen. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope I hope the Browns do well. Well, we'll see. They got the Ravens on a Monday night, so they win that, and looks good. Then they will take down the Chiefs. Bring on the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm flush with I'm flush with the confidence. Uh, indulge me it's been 16 years <laughs> yeah i could have
1: a stressful afc playoffs because if the chiefs play the browns and the steelers yeah so
0: one of those teams is going to have to run through a real gauntlet to get to the super bowl yeah, yeah. it should be should be a fun one yeah all right and the bears have no
1: ahead. shot at the playoffs like it's almost i mean i i the chiefs are my second favorite but it's not the same kind of stress as watching a bears playoff game right so
0: yeah All right, let's move on to college hoops. The Yeah, just real
1: real quick. So the Illini, I watched their game uh, against Baylor, and the first half, they looked really good. It was kind of like they're going back and forth with each other, and Baylor's ranked second, and the Illini, they're probably not ranked fifth anymore, but they're ranked fifth at the time. But then the second half, they fell apart. So I was really disappointed Um, they have this center. Do you, are you familiar with them at all? Uh, they're, he's very highly regarded. Yeah, but he's, I don't know why he's highly regarded. He, he's got slow feet and Baylor was just running him through pick and rolls in the second half. And he was in foul trouble. They, they ended up taking him out of the game before he fouled out because he just wasn't, he wasn't able to move with these quicker Baylor big guys. And they're talking about him getting drafted. I'm like, I would not draft that guy. He's only a sophomore, though. Right? Like, they're talking on him going out after his freshman year. I was like, I wouldn't. And I, I said this last year when I was watching him. Like, I would not draft that guy now. I feel like he, he, he's got a. I don't think he's played basketball for a real long time either. Maybe that's part of the reason. I feel like his basketball smarts aren't the greatest. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: What's he doing?
1: He just, he just does he makes too many mistakes. So, but, um, the shoe was good, but this is a coaching thing to it that bothered me in the second half of the game. They just kept giving him the ball at the top of the key. And basically everybody else was just kind of standing around or they might set a pick for him. I'm like this is terrible offense. So that was pretty disappointing. So I hope they, I mean, it's early in the year, but, Uh, You know, hopefully they turn it around pretty quickly because the Big Ten's not going to be easy. There's a lot of good teams in there. Right, right. And then, you know, mighty
0: Northwestern. One by a lot. (laughs) Powerful Wildcats took apart the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And Chicago State. And Chicago State. But again, I want Chicago State to
1: come to our Sunday night hoops and see if we can beat them. (laughs) I think we have a
0: shot. Uh, uh, my son uh, was in a jazz combo at Chicago State. I had to drive uh, him over there like repeatedly um, one summer. Nice campus. Yeah. Chicago State.
1: Who? I, who knew? They're, they've always been awful, though. I don't. I don't know if they've ever even been like 500. Their basketball team is always like oh, three old. and 27 every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And their three wins are against Division three teams.
0: Oh, uh, um, should uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, uh, leading up to the Big Ten season. Oh, and i played Duke tomorrow, so I haven't even been following. Is Duke any good?
1: Yeah, Duke's Duke is uh, Duke's ranked high again, high uh, so it's a test, another test for Alina. So, if they play better than they did against Baylor.
0: You wonder how Duke will do this season that they don't have that Cameron crazy's, uh, uh home court advantage. Yeah. And that's a real home court advantage. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to try to watch
1: that one tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Should be a good one.
0: All right. Should we talk, uh, your, uh, your bracket that is concluding and your upcoming, uh, bracket. Yep.
1: Well, 400 Brackets almost done and uh, not a, not a big surprise at the final four. Uh, jukebox hero and urgent got voted out, but I think those are two of the most overplayed songs. So I wasn't that surprised that they didn't make final four hot blooded's still in it though. And that that's probably the most overplayed foreigner song. So we'll see what happens. We'll see who, who wins, who ends up winning.
0: I really uh, all my picks to win have are all out. Yeah,
1: I think I think I said something like feels like the first time. That's the one. I think it's hot blooded. Feels like the first time. Double vision
0: and cold as ice. Cold as ice. So. I am shocked. Not only that, jukebox hero lost, but that it lost to feels like the first time. It was close. It was close, but.
1: I think it's because Jukebox Hero was played so much. I really I feel like there was a period of like 10 years where
0: you couldn't escape that song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I guess uh, I never thought Jukebox Hero was overplayed, but maybe I just didn't. Maybe
1: in Chicago. Yeah. Because um, that album was gigantic when I was in high school, I think. Yeah. Because. I- uh, that and urgent were everywhere, everywhere,
0: nonstop. Did you uh, have that album when you were a kid?
1: Yeah, 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 on cassette, <laughs> vinyl. <laughs> vinyl, vinyl. We had their first one, uh, double vision, four, head games on vinyl. I had I had uh, four, but it was on cassette. Cassette. I had Agent Provocateur on cassette. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not old,
1: <laughs> but uh, are you? I'm not- doing a bonus bracket this month. Oh man! Because my friend Sammy and her husband Ruben—they're both my friends, actually—they wanted me to do a best breakfast cereal one, and I thought the time was time was ripe for a cereal one. Special holiday gift for me to all of you. The think, gift of voting in a
0: second bracket. I think the country demands it. <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your favorite cereal? Favorite cereal. Yeah. So I feel like this is a, this is a layered question. We can just peel the onion back on this. Uh, but I, I feel like it's candy. It's like, it's the same thing. Like there's cereal that I really liked as a kid. And then there's cereal that I like to eat as an adult. So Yeah, because
1: you can't – I mean, were you like me when you were a kid? You would – you'd have like a (laughs) – like cocoa pebbles or something. You would have the biggest bowl ever and put like a gallon of milk in it. Was that how you were
0: when you were a kid? No, not quite. Uh, Uh, If uh, Yeah, and if you're an adult eating cocoa pebbles, I mean, I I don't don't know what to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will eat something like that once in a
0: while. Would you, would you, would you go out like in the grocery store? Do you see a box of Cocoa Pebbles and you're like,
1: once in a while I'll eat something, a sugar cereal, like a peanut butter crunch or something. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't eat it regularly,
0: but yeah. Yeah. I'll go through phases of cereal like late at night because I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't have a piece of cheesecake. (laughs) You know, I gotta gotta eat. Hear that Eli's cheesecake. No more labor. waiting for your sponsorship. Right. That's right. Maybe I should, you know, I I, I really should have an apple at 10 at night. Uh, but, uh, but F that. Um, so I'll eat a bowl of honey nut Cheerios.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but when I was a kid, I liked, here are the, here are the uh, cereals that I really liked. I liked Alphabets. Mm-hmm. I liked, um, Sugar corn pops with the cowboy uh, on the. Yep. Uh, I liked frosted flakes, mm-hmm. and uh, I would I would say those had to be my top three. And then every once in a while, I, I did like Rice Krispies. Yeah. And uh, and then Cocoa Krispies. Although I think it's hilarious now when I think about it, you know, my mom was buying, you know. Alphabets and sugar corn pops and all these cereals, but she would draw the line on Cocoa Krispies. That's bad for you. <laughs> the chocolate, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just that extra
1: thing of sugar just pushed her over the line. Ah. I think Alphabets were made out of spinach. So
0: <laughs> in your mom's defense. <laughs> oh, alphabets I have two bowls. Wasn't Popeye on the box? Yeah. And I learned to read, so. There you go. You win. That was very important. Yes, yes. You needed some help. Yeah. yeah well, that explains my vowel problem. Yes.
1: <laughs> Should've got one with more, but I think your mom bought the only consonant <laughs> box.
0: <laughs> cheaper. We're on a budget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a fun one. I'm curious what'll win i'm 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 gonna get yelled at a lot like i did in the candy bar one that's for sure
0: uh i expect that's that's always fun though the complaints are going to be there will be impassioned votes uh, if the candy bar bracket is any indication i couldn't agree more yeah 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 i'm excited to do it i think it should be a good one yeah Um, all right let's get to the uh heart of the uh of the program uh two uh tv shows that uh are some of the most popular series on tv uh right now uh cobra kai which again uh is a um a retelling or catching up with the main characters of the popular 1984 movie the karate kid and then the boys which is a uh, a kind of a dystopian weird it's set in the present day but kind of in the future and um uh describes the uh, exploits of vaught the company vaught yeah disturbingly like walt disney <laughs> and uh <laughs> superhero creations uh which which show do you want to tackle first cobra kai let's do cobra kai uh i should we just start in on uh, impressions? I, c- I can
1: Yeah, tell me what tell me what you think.
0: I didn't know what to think honestly. I honestly when I first heard about it, I wasn't that wild about it just because the Karate Kid has been rebooted and you know sequels. I really liked the first movie. I did not like the Karate Kid 2. I had no interest in seeing the Karate Kid 3.
1: Well, you hate Hillary Swank, though. So,
0: well, ever since she uh, found out that uh, I had a New Year's party and forgot to invite her, again with the celebrities, just learn how to treat celebrities correctly. Listen, uh, Alex, you're burning your bridges. Alex was in charge of the mailing list, which I tried to explain to Hillary. <laughs> And uh, just said I had my intern Alex in charge of it, but he had a veterinary uh, appointment, and he, um, and so the S's on my invitation list got messed up. They they stopped at ST. So Paul Stanley from Kiss got invited, but Hillary Swank, sadly, um, and and Jody Sweeten of Full House fame is still mad at you. Jody's uh, Jody uh, sent me a nasty uh-huh. letter. Let's just not, let's just not talk about that. Jody. I know Jody listens. She hates listening to Jag bags. Well, she sent me a couple of nice notes. Yeah. You know, well, you're the popular guy of this podcast. You, you are the, um, you're the Chevy chase of this podcast. And I am sadly the Garrett Morris of this, of this podcast. (laughs) I am the, I am the Gary Kroger. of Jag Bags. Yeah, I don't mind Gary Kroger. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank
1: I don't you. mind Gary Kroger.
0: I thought he had his moments. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when Cobra Kai uh, came out, I was kind of like, well, I really not, I, I, don't have an interest in that. But then, you know, all my friends, people who, whose opinion I trust, were like, this show is outstanding. And um, so I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just just the introduction of Johnny Lawrence as a drunk-ass uh, handyman. <laughs> and he's driving his beat-up red Camaro. Uh, the, the, just a montage of him driving through Encino drunk, crying over Elizabeth's shoe with foreigners' head game. <laughs> I was like, this is the finest show on television. Um, (laughs) you know, and I think that, um, especially season one, I thought it was just very clever how they, um, kind of flipped the characters around so that they did a great job of making, I mean, the show is very limited, but they, they, they they do some very clever things. Uh, one of them is making Johnny Lawrence a Johnny Lawrence for me is one of like the signature 80s villains. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Seriously, like I his performance as a snotty, entitled dickhead, karate dickhead, uh, was just he was awesome. Yeah. A guy you'd love to hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's clever how they turned it around so that he is the victim. My life was so good until this punk from New Jersey showed up stole my girlfriend and cheated to win (laughs) in in the all Valley karate tournament. I was like, Oh, that's good. And I know it's a takeoff on the Patton Oswalt routine, um, where he juxtaposes the characters, but they do it well. And it's pure Oaken said it best. It's pure eighties nostalgia, just mainlined right into the veins. And, uh, and so it's definitely has its limitations, uh, But I forgot. I think it made me realize how much I really liked the Karate Kid, the movie. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, so this made me this because it's done well. Made me say, like, oh, that was that's great. Um, and the new characters are uneven but likable uh, enough. Uh, there's some good acting. Um, I feel uh, there's also much more bad acting. Let's be honest. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. And I also think season two is not nearly as strong as season one. And season three is coming out in January. And uh, I was looking at some of the previews, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I, I'm already kind of like, maybe, maybe I should just quit while I'm a, I'm ahead. I, I may have to wait for. People to say, "Oh, season three is amazing," and uh, and if they do, then I'll I'll tune in. Mm. Uh, but I, uh, if I just rate the show a one out of ten, uh, just in terms of how much I solidly enjoyed it, I, I'd give it a, a a nine. Just a nine, really. I really, I really liked it. Wow, really liked it. Okay. What about you?
1: <laughs> I almost stopped watching it. <laughs> I watched the first first five episodes and I was gonna stop. Yeah. I knew I knew we were gonna talk about it. I think we, we said we were gonna talk about this a couple months ago and I was like, all right, I'll keep going. <laughs> and then <laughs> then it got a little better, but I have a lot of problems with it. One is the first thing you talked about why are these men 36 years later still obsessed with the karate tournament? come on guys move on but on the flip side of that i love it probably the best part of the show is um the characters seem the same as they were in 84 so i think macho and zabka they do a really good job of that because they do still seem like the same guys right To me, that's that's the most impressive part of the show to me and they also they got they're able to use everything from the karate kid like they showed pat marita and it's not like somehow they got all the rights to everything involved with it yeah so that part of it works i just have a problem with a lot of other stuff like okay so
0: (laughs) well first i think one point i want to make before you get into that is that that's a great point you bring up about how machio you know daniel russo and, and johnny lawrence are guys that really seem to have they're this they're the same they haven't progressed beyond high school and there are a lot of people that you and i both know that are like they still make the same high school jokes Right. That, you know, <laughs>
1: no but i think that's that's a testament to uh their acting too because they still feel like this is still this is daniel russo still this is still Uh, Johnny Lawrence you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like they they do a good job as actors being these same characters even though they they haven't been these characters in a long time I agree with that so to me that's that's impressive but (laughs) 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 all right so Miguel who is uh Johnny Lawrence's protege I think it's like the fourth or fifth episode all of a sudden it gets into a giant fight in the cafeteria, basically beats up five kids, and there's like no adults around. What is this school? There's no <laughs> and it's not even a reference later.
0: <laughs> it's like... And it's all on it's all viral too. <laughs> I love that this show there's no cops. <laughs> there are no cops. There's no cops show, are like... Which is classic 80s. It's classic 80s when they get into fights and, you know, they tear apart the school or the mall or whatever. No cops show up. There's no repercussions. The only
1: time the cops show up is at that high school party. That's about it. (laughs) They
0: they torched torched (laughs) Johnny Lawrence's car. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't call the cops.
1: Yep. And all the cops have to do, though, is follow Johnny Lawrence around. They pull him over every time because he drives drunk every episode. it's 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 pretty ridiculous and I think uh when everybody was raving about it I thought it was more of a ironic um revisiting or update of it but it's not it's not like that it's pretty serious it's pretty it's pretty intense the only the only humor in it is Zabka's love for like a (laughs) like a band like zebra,
0: that made me laugh when he had a zebra T-shirt on. And he loves the movie Iron Eagle, which I also enjoy. Yeah, stuff
1: like that. But most of it's pretty intense, and you know,
0: seems, uh, a, little, seems a little out of place sometimes.
1: Yeah, oh, Paul Paul Hauser's is kind of funny too. You know, who Paul Paul Hauser is. Uh, He's, the oh, yeah. adult, He's funny. Yeah, the adult guy who shows up and joins Cobra. <laughs> He made me
0: laugh. <laughs> yeah, so even but, the final, the very final, final scene of uh, um, episode two or season two, with that shocking ending, um, which came out of nowhere, I liked. It was like a classic kind of high school fight, like the two little kids are fighting each other. That made me laugh, and uh,
1: but again, no adults around. Well, I guess one adult walks in and goes well, i'm not getting part of this where are the 30 other teachers in this school it looks like a gigantic high school so are, all the adults are just <laughs> it's this is
0: the worst run high school in history <laughs> i uh i i chalked that up to uh it, to me that was something very i didn't mind it because of course i commented that on on that too But there's something very 80s about that, like in the 80s. I mean, like Daniel LaRusso and his wife, they sit down to breakfast every morning (laughs) uh, with the kids and there's a little banter back and forth. I'm like, BS. okay, no, stop that. But there's there's something very 80s. It's an 80s trope. So, I mean, the, the show is based on nostalgia anyway, so I didn't mind it. I also liked when, uh, when they're getting drunk. <laughs> I mean, what a shock. Johnny Lawrence is getting drunk again, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> this time he's roped Daniel into getting drunk with him. And uh, they talk about Elizabeth Shoe. And uh, he pulls out his Facebook page and is like, uh, which was hilarious. Like I sent her a, a friend invite. She <laughs> hasn't uh, responded. <laughs> but she ends up responding oh yes she does oh. setting
1: up season three major spoiler maybe the triumph triumphant return of elizabeth shue since she's not in the boys anymore
0: i mean the, the stars are aligned yeah as a as an actress a career movie a great career move for um to go from the boys to cobra kai yep um but i liked uh when she said she's not college she's married to this guy in Colorado and he's a doctor and Johnny Lawrence is dork
1: (laughs) yeah but there's not enough of that it's just it's super like I said super intense and overly serious they should there's just not enough of that for me
0: who is, uh, in your opinion, the best written character on the show?
1: Probably Zabka. Because I mean, I mean, uh, Zabka's character, Giant Lawrence, because he's kind of the center of it. Yeah. Daniel Larusso isn't, even though he's in it a good amount, but and you kind of feel like, I mean, despite it being ridiculous, you do feel like that was a pivotal event in his life, and that's why he is where he is even though Odette is ridiculous. But his, his character feels the, the
0: most developed, I think. Yeah. I, I agree. It's the best written. And um, and as far as acting goes, uh, like the first two episodes, I was like, oh, Zabka. He's in he's in over his head. Even though he, no. looks, <laughs> even though he looks like doing karate. I don't know. But he really, I, I feel like he got better with each episode, I feel like. And uh, I I think he does a great job. Yeah, that. I do. I,
1: I think he's out of everybody. I, I mean, him and Macho, I think, like I said I said earlier, I think they probably do the best job on the show.
0: I also like the kid who plays Hawk.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. Hawk is... Um, you kind of feel his anger about being a nerd his whole life and having his... Uh, whatever it is his cut lip or whatever,
0: and yeah, he does a good job. I I, uh, I would go with you on that one too. He's he he the acting wise, he he does a very good job. I'm not as wild about the actors who play Miguel, uh, Robbie, the son of uh, Johnny, and uh, Sam, the daughter of uh, Daniel LaRusso. I don't, I don't think those. I think those actors are cut below. I just don't think they're very strong.
1: Well, this is what I think. I actually think the, the guy who plays Hawk, he would have been better as Zabka's protege because he has that kind of a intensity to him where it would make sense for him to be the number one guy. right? And even when he does karate, I think out of all the kids, he's the one who looks like he's the best at it. Like when you watch the fight scenes. Um I think Miguel's okay. I think Robbie's an awful actor. His his scenes to
0: me are wince-inducing. I just one note so no no range whatsoever. Yeah, he's he's
1: kinda of, <laughs> he almost has the same expression on his face every episode. Exact same. Yeah. He's but not- I don't think I think Sam is pretty good as an actress. I just don't buy her as a karate expert.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh,
1: I I mean, you can tell it's like the action gets slowed down when she's doing her karate. And uh, I don't know. She seems, I don't know how to say it. I guess you don't really feel the intensity from her, I guess, when she's fighting. But as far as being his daughter, that the part she does the emotions of that pretty well. Not like the intensity of being in a karate fight, but the emotions of like dealing with her father and her boyfriends and stuff. I thought I think she does a good job of doing that.
0: Like, yeah, she does. She is uh, better at being a, uh, a teenager caught up in teenage drama. Oh, and Crease is Crease. Crease is still good. Oh, it's Martin Cove.
1: <laughs> He's just a complete jerk. And like it's it's
0: it's funny too. It's like it's he's the same person. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Kirk's got a great Martin Cove story. He was in a uh news out in LA. He was in a movie with Martin Cove, uh, that went nowhere. I went straight to videos. Called Time Lock. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to look on YouTube and see if we can get, but there's a scene where uh uh, Kirk is in a scene with Martin Cove and they're like loading guns. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently Kirk was way too intense about <laughs> the first takes and Cove had to be like, hey man, just relax, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Cove was
1: telling him to relax?
0: Oh, Wow.
1: That's a must see then. Time Time uh what about the uh what about the nerdy kid what do you think of him
0: dimitri yeah oh i want to kick him out of the show i cannot stand dimitri is it because really is it actor or or is it the character both i think the character has written there's no arc to it he's i get which i guess is realistic because maybe that's the point that he's not changing um he sort of starts to change a little bit. Well, he, he kicks Hawk into the trophy case in the final episode. That's uh, I mean, that was a big breakthrough for uh, him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think as the actor he's
1: he's decent, but the character, I think the character is almost intentionally annoying. I think so. that's that's why they do. Oh, you know what I, I think is good that we haven't mentioned is Tori.
0: I like her. She's cute.
1: Tori is, she feels like she's good at the, she's good at the physical stuff in this show.
0: Yeah, she is. A good. Actually, her
1: acting's good too.
0: Yep. And I also like uh, Vanessa Rubio, who plays um, Miguel's mom. She's good.
1: Yeah, I like her too. But I don't know. We'll see what happens if I'm going to watch... <laughs> So you would, agree? Yeah,
0: I, I'm kind of with you. I want to. I, I that ending really of season two just really. I was just like, what? So uh, I don't I know. know. It's
1: too. It's too dark. Like, okay, this kid's almost paralyzed. Right. He got, he got in a fight in the worst high school in the history of high schools. <laughs> where all, all teachers aren't around,
0: and there's <laughs> no security guards. there will be no lawsuits or charges filed oh what the heck every
1: month or so there's a karate brawl where people get severely hurt let's move on parents of the dead children who've been killed in these karate brawls
0: oh geez they're still picking the glass out of Hawk (laughs) Uh, but uh, he'll be there for the karate tournament no charges. Uh, I think
1: if they wanted to in season three, you know, more emphasis on Hawk, Hawk, and make it the Hawk and Tory show. Well, Hawk, Tory, uh, Johnny
0: Lawrence, and Daniel Larusso. Focus on them. Yeah, and let's get Elizabeth Shue in there, and let's get some just uh, let's let's get some real romantic sexual tension going on. <laughs> I love Elizabeth Shue, so it'd be it'd be great if she came back. It would be, yeah. All right, let's use Elizabeth shoe as the linchpin to go to our second show of uh, this podcast, and that's the amazing
1: book. transitions. Amazing. amazing transitions.
0: Thank you. I'm sure the uh, our elite
1: Jagbags listeners who are listening to this live are going to be sending complimentary faxes
0: because of that smooth transition. That would be a first. They normally don't even they don't even remember my name. <laughs> Like VJ. <laughs> well, use it as a goal. I, I, uh, I, I use it to improve uh, my delivery and my preparation. Mm-hmm. It drives me. All right, that's good. VJ. <laughs> VJ. All right, the boys. You, you wanna go first with your uh, thoughts on this, uh, on this show?
1: I love the boys. I think it's a great show yes great idea acting is really strong good characters it's it's dark but there's also a dark humor to it i think it helps that it's a superhero show though because when you get real dark with superheroes it's not the same as getting real dark with actual people because you can kind of dismiss it a little bit when you're watching it it,
0: it gives you freedom to do just like messed up stuff,
1: right? Right. Um, it's almost like like how some of the animated series do stuff, where you just have these awful characters, but you're like, they're not, they're not real. Yeah, it's a cartoon, though. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, w-
0: I I loved it. It it's. I'm excited about season three. I am too. Um, I think that, uh, the acting here as compared to Cobra Kai is just far superior. Definitely. Far superior. Yeah. The, so many so many great actors in this one. I really can't. I mean, honestly, to me, the weakest, uh, actor in the whole show is Elizabeth Shue.
1: <laughs> no, I love Elizabeth Shue on this. <laughs> she's I, was, I think she's great on it. To me, the the two weakest characters are Queen Maeve, because I still don't really know what her powers are. Yeah, I just, I mean, they give her this lesbian love story, but they need to work harder on her. That's that that's kind of the weak link for me. And um, Kamiko, her stuff's okay, but. They could they could do better with her too. I feel or like maybe a part part of that is like um, what's what's Aya Cash's character's name again?
0: Uh it's Stormfront.
1: Stormfront is such a strong character, she almost blows away all the other women. Except for Starlight, because Starlight's kind of the moral center of the show. Yeah. And I really like Aaron Moriarty who plays her. I do too. But when Aya Cash comes on the show, man, she's so good in it and just kind of steals every scene she's in at the beginning when she first shows up.
0: Oh, bitchy. God.
1: But I but I was almost disappointed that she turned into a villain because the first couple episodes she's just kind of mocking all the stuff they have to do and then you find out she's a Nazi. So you no, know, still good, but I almost wanted her to stay how she was because I was enjoying her sarcastic attitude towards all the stuff she has to do as a superhero.
0: Oh, when she just tears apart the script that the yeah. guy uh, puts in uh puts in front of her, just fantastic. Okay. Yeah. fantastic. yeah, she um I uh and, and she's a terrific actress uh too. Um
1: and yeah, I mean she's she's fantastic at it. So I hope they. I mean, I, it sounds like they left a way for her to come back because she she's nearly vaporized, but she's not quite dead. She's talking. Yeah, she's talking. So I think she's going to come back. I hope so. And yeah, I think it would be a mistake not to have her come back because she's so good.
0: I've sent my notes to the producers with my record. Oh boy. For uh, season three including my own superhero which is called Super Jasmine great. where I lull you to sleep with the power of jazz
1: <laughs> well let's hope they don't take your notes
0: I have yet to hear from them but I'm sure they're intimidated by my you're intellect
1: you're like you know I've done many factory theater shows so you should listen to me <laughs>
0: I am the writer. Perhaps you've heard of White trash. Karaoke Town. <laughs> I have a rich tableau of comic offerings. Oh,
1: you're rich. pretending to not hear of Dirty Diamonds?
0: <laughs> there you go. That was a very popular show for eight weeks. In- <laughs> Learn from me. I know how to get the people
1: into the theater for eight weeks. (laughs) I know your show is more than eight episodes, but...
0: Strong closings uh, uh, nights for the final two weeks of Dirty Diamonds. Yeah, Yeah. uh, who are, so your favorite, just your favorite characters, forget the acting for a second, who are your three favorite characters on, on the board?
1: Yeah, Starlight, Oh, Starlight, Starlight, Homelander, and uh, think a train. Yeah, but you know it's pretty—it's pretty tough competition. There's a lot of really good guys. I mean, a lot of really good characters.
0: There are. I'm going to go with Homelander. Uh, I'm going to go with—I'm going to go with Stan Edgar, but I think that's just because. John Carlo Esposito is just the greatest.
1: He's not even in it that much, though. He just kind of started getting into the show.
0: But he, every scene he's in, I'm just like, oh man.
1: Yeah, he's a great actor.
0: So I really do enjoy that. And then um, Stormfront, Aya you know, Cash, those are my, I guess, so the villains. Um, I do want to say something about Aaron Moriarty as uh, an actress because. She's interesting to me in that, you know, when she seems kind of like, I don't know, kind of like dull and kind of California kind of, you know, there's kind of a valley girl type of monotone to her. She seems like such a lightweight, kind of a fluff type of character. And then there are these meaty scenes where she's getting in with Homelander and Stormfront and, uh, you know, the deep, some of these you know, heavy Billy Butcher, and she more than holds her own. She really rises to the occasion um, and uh, puts together some very good, um, you know, scenes and great choices and uh, strong reactions uh, that make me, she sneaks up on me as an actress. And I I, I really, I want to give her an honorable mention because At first, when she first appeared on the show, I was like, oh God, Starlight's going to be like a major and I don't, she's one of those, she really, her performances really grew on me. And uh, now I think she's one of the best parts about the show.
1: Well, I think, I think that's a tribute to the writing because they set her up as like this innocent, right? she's raised basically in in the Bible belt, I think is what they were saying you know because she she would go to uh, these bible conventions and that's why she's like that that. and that's also probably why she has the moral center that she has because she's they're they're setting her up like that so at the beginning you're kind of like okay what's going on with her and and the further you get in the show you realize how horrible these superheroes are and it's just fascinating Homelander, <laughs> oh my God, and they're all messed up. The, like the deep is is just pathetic. He's just even though he basically, you know, he sexually harasses Starlight in her first episode, yeah. you still think he's pathetic, despite him doing this horrible thing, because. Yes. <laughs> He gets no. no respect. he's dying to get back in the group and it's just he's just failing at everything. I mean he has that woman basically bullying bullying him having sex <laughs> <or> with her <whatever. laughs> and mocking his fins or whatever they are in his stomach yeah he's just he's just such a sad character and they even have him having this uh deep connection to all the animal, you know, the creatures of the sea. (laughs) You feel bad for the guy, even though you really shouldn't, because he's the worst. He's a jerk at the beginning. You know? terrible. But again, that's just good writing, because you shouldn't feel empathy for a guy like that.
0: No. Yeah. uh, the The acting,
1: too. Chase Crawford just does a good job as this Pathetic, <laughs>
0: pathetic Submariner knockoff. Do you feel that uh, The Boys is a show that is better written than acted, or vice versa? <laughs> um, oh.
1: I, I think they kind of go together. Because the Anthony Starr, the guy who plays Homelander, he's such a strong presence. I and mean, he's perfectly cast. Great. But I mean the writing just <laughs> is descent even further into madness is great. I
0: mean <laughs> every show you're like, what? <laughs> what did he what did he do? What are uh, let, let's hear you the top three, in your opinion, the top three most despicable things Homelander has done on the boys. Well, of course, the the two I think of right away
1: are. The airplane, oh. obviously. He basically just leaves everybody to die. Yeah, That's got to be the worst one. The second one is where um, that assistant or whatever is trying to get a new superhero for the boys and they get the uh, I don't know what it was. The Asian guy who's hard of hearing and oh. homelander claps and just destroys the guy. Claps by his ears and just destroys the guy. Yeah, that was horrifying. Horrifying. Number three. <laughs> uh, I don't know how horrifying it is, but I'm just going to include it because it was so vivid. This <laughs> again, this one's not safe for work, but the scene where. <laughs> He's—he goes on top of a skyscraper and he's masturbating and saying,
0: "I can do whatever I want." <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the season. That was the end of the season two. That was just oh my god,
1: just so perfect for that character and so just disturbing. So, disturbing. but it completely fits his character's
0: arc. And his acting is so good that he's such a presence that like every time he showed up at Becca's home um, to like work to see his son. Yeah. Ooh, yep. Just you walking in, you're just, I've, already my skin is crawling.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how, good, how well that works. You see him and you're like, oh no, what's going to happen now? I know. Yeah. For her, and also if he shows up when Star Girl's around. I mean, Star Girl, Starlight's around. Yep. You're like, or and even in Queen Maeve too, because he terrorizes all of them. Yeah. The only person he really gets along with is uh, Stormfront. Right. Because so he... they could, they can enjoy own oh, Elizabeth Shoe until he <laughs> until he kills her. There you go. That's. That was despicable. That was. That was horrific too. Just,
0: <laughs> oh, my god! One of, the, one of the best villains
1: ever written, I think.
0: Yeah, he's really, really. Uh, I, I, I he's a major. Par- him and Carl Urban. I think we've been kind of ignoring him um, because his character, to me, to me, it's Homelander and Bill Billy Butcher are the two best parts of the show, and to me, the character of Billy Butcher is pretty one note. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Carl Urban is just a kick-ass actor. Yeah. Really sells it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that to the point where every time he shows up on screen, you're like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Something. It's, oh, it's okay. the whole it's the whole presence thing. He just got a real strong presence.
1: Yeah. So you believe that he can accomplish all these things that he can get a superhero killed yeah like like in the early episode whatever what was the name of that character got their first superhero got killed Do you remember
0: uh it was the um invisible uh yeah
1: i can't remember the name of it but you you believe you believe that this guy can get this stuff done and uh who's your favorite of that group besides billy butcher like the non-superheroes
0: uh, I, you know, I'd go with uh, I, I, it's that's tough. The only person I don't care for, and my wife Eileen loves him, uh, is uh, Huey. Um, but she is a gigantic Dennis Quaid fan. Dennis Quaid is my rival. <laughs> uh, you know, Jack Quaid reminds me of
1: Rain Wilson.
0: He does look a little Rain. Uh, First
1: episode i'm like is this rain wilson's son and then i found out he's, you know dennis quaid and Meg ryan's son but he he totally reminds me of rain wilson
0: i feel like he and there's there's another one uh i can't tell whether it's quaid as an actor or the way that huey is written but he's so ineffectual and doesn't again doesn't change continually as a um you know, kind of a, a reactor, and can't really um, progress as a. Pro- he's just he's just this mealy mouthed kind of uh, simp, and I think he's written that way, and it's just annoying. I I, well, I, I blame the writing. I, I don't blame Quaid the actor. I think he's doing. He that- he's the normal
1: person. Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of like how um, he's your entrance into this. Insane universe because he's not, he doesn't have the toughness of the rest of the guys that, in the boys, and he's not a superhero. He's just this guy who got traumatized by a superhero.
0: Yeah, and he's, uh, and he happens to fall in love with a superhero. Right. Right.
1: He's not, he's not my favorite either. Uh, I like, I like the guy who plays Mother's Milk a lot. I think he's a really, he's really good. I'd have to say that's my favorite
0: is Mother's Milk. He's, he's really good. I love um, the yeah he, he can do press. he does menacing and kick ass really well he does comedy really well um you know i i feel like he yeah, and his uh, emotions too he's he's about his wife and
1: kid and he's ocd he, he's he's hit a lot of different notes as an
0: actor in the show yeah he's my favorite i would say
1: Yeah. And, uh, Frenchie, who's the other guy we didn't, Oh no, we haven't talked about a train either, but let's talk about Frenchie first. Frenchie. I think he's, he's, I like him, but he's kind of tied up with Kamiko too much. I don't, their relationship. I don't know. That's not my favorite.
0: It, uh, nor is it mine, but I think, and I just don't think it's very well developed. And I think he does a nice job of bringing out, um, Uh, you know, his uh, feelings um, for Kamiko. And he really uh, is more than just this, uh, you know, uh, French speaking. uh, um, There's a lot of depth to his performance, Mm -hmm. um, far from one note. I I think the actor, um, Thomas Copan or whatever, is much stronger than the the character as written.
1: Yeah, I th- I think the writing I think for those two and Queen Maid, that's that's what they should work on.
0: Um but A-train, what do you think A-train? I think A-train's great. Uh, he is uh, he's almost as pathetic as uh, um the deep. I mean just he's super messed up guy. Simpering just so. first
1: he kills Huey's girlfriend, and then he kills his own girlfriend because you don't want to get in trouble for
0: what's the stuff they take? Uh, the um, X, the, um, the, the 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 synthetic, the chemical compound X. Is that right? I don't know
1: if that's. Uh, I shouldn't have given my staff the day off yesterday.
0: Well, I, I need to sit down. No, I gotta.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, compound V. Compound V. There you go. You're off by a letter. Well, yeah, that's... going back to alphabets. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, but yeah. I'm I'm excited about season three. I am too. I right. would give. You know, you said you gave Cobra Kai a nine. I would give the boys a nine.
0: I'd give the boys a ten. A Ten.
1: Yeah, it's pretty close to a 10 for me. Cobra Kai is only like a five or six for me. So well. Let me yeah. say one last thing about Cobra Kai before we end. I think part of the problem was I I had so many people raving about it. And my expectations were kind of high and it just did not It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So maybe that's part of the reason why I don't like it as much as everyone else.
0: Yeah, I definitely. That's a problem. Sometimes I don't want to know what people think. Yeah. That very reason. You can't escape it unless you shut off your phone all year. (laughs) Well, there's certain people, there's certain bellwethers on uh, Facebook and Instagram whose opinions, uh, you know, I trust.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So if uh, Nick DiGiulio tells me that I should watch reruns of Match Game, then that's what I'm going to do, Len. (laughs) Because someone I trust. Gotcha. So enjoy Joyce Boulifant. I'm starting my own list of Pixar movies that made me cry. Great, looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that our next episode for next week? Thanks. No, no. I think next week, if I remember, let me double check. No way. Uh, let this be a lesson mm. to you and me. You <laughs> never, never give your staff a day off.
0: Oh, I can't believe. I you. don't
1: know how I got talked into that. They should have worked their overnight on Sunday. They work like overnight. they normally do.
0: They work overnight. at seven days a week.
1: Listen, let's not get into that now. We, You know how my place works. So, so but next you. week, we're, we're going with a suggestion from my friend, Kim DeClaire. Okay. We're actually going to do it like a month or so ago, but we decided to do Eddie Van Halen. Oh, right. So we're going to talk Last Dance documentary, one of our favorites. It was one of your favorites, right? Yep. One of our favorite TV events of the year and probably get into the bulls dynasty years and the career of michael jordan so that should be a fun one
0: that will be that will be that was a great documentary and those were great great years unlike any uh, it's it's so weird to feel like you were in the middle of it then to relive that final year in that documentary was just great i i give you a lot of credit though because as a
1: cleveland fan if i was in your shoes i'd probably hate jordan <laughs> I give you credit. I don't think I could, I could be like that. I would probably be nitpicking Jordan all the time.
0: Well, I tell you what, that's a, that's a a testament to how popular Michael Jordan was. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was my favorite before, you know, the Cavs got good and uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy how that didn't change. Yeah. So that should be a good one next week. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening uh, to this episode. If there's a topic that you want to uh, see uh, done by uh, our expert uh, hosting staff, please uh, send us influencers.
1: Influencers.
0: <laughs> we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram and you can send us an email at jagbagspodcast at email.com. Do not fax me ideas as those are for complaints only complaints only no show ideas bypass uh until next week uh please uh, please download our past episodes uh favorites include uh foreigner and the baseball hall of fame uh steve martin and van halen some of our better ones uh but they're all great um So check those out, pop us a note at any time. And as always, when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag bags in your ear.